Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Swarfcast. Before we start, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love the show, please rate it and write a review on your podcast app or tell somebody about it. It really makes a difference for us and we'd appreciate it. Okay, on with the show. In good economy, pizza business is good. In bad economy, it's even better. Because it's a cheap food, you can uh, really satisfy the appetite of an entire family keeping it on a very low budget. And so that's why I was not scared that this coronavirus will affect dramatically my business. People have got to eat. This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graf. Today's guest on the show is Marco Schiavoni owner of Pizza Metro, one of my favorite pizza places in Chicago. Marco has been in the restaurant business for 20 years, and like most business owners, he's seen his share of ups and downs over time. I spoke to him last weekend about how restaurants in Chicago are navigating the COVID-19 crisis. He also told me the secret to making the perfect espresso. As a used machine tool dealer specializing in high production equipment, I've encountered plenty of fire damaged machines. An average fire costs a business $300,000 to $500,000 and six to eight weeks of lost production time. Installed on over 15,000 CNC machines, FireTrace protects shops running oil-based coolants by automatically detecting and suppressing fires within seconds. After FireTrace stops a fire, Its system quickly rearms, and you can have your machine back up and running in as little as 45 minutes. For more details, go to www.firetrace.com slash swarfcast. That's www.firetrace.com slash swarfcast. I... I am super happy to be with Marco Schiavoni of Pizza Metro in Chicago. It is one of the best pizza places in Chicago, and I have known Marco a long time, probably 10, 15 years ever since I started coming to this pizza place. And uh, today we're going to be talking about restaurants in Chicago and, and elsewhere, what the virus means for restaurants. So, first, just to get started, Marco, give us the the scoop on Pizza Metro. How long has it been around? When did you conceive of this idea? Just give us a little background. So, I came in Chicago in 1996, and I was working for a big company that had uh, various restaurants all over the world back then. And uh, first thing I noticed that there was no Roman square pizza and you know i'm from rome and it's a very common uh, pizza there you know it's uh, the one that you walk in and you get your uh, little slice by the weight and then uh, you walk and uh, you eat uh, while you're walking so you came from rome and uh i noticed that they didn't have uh, no you know the roman square pizza you know our style uh, that's cooked on those uh sweet blue iron pans uh, and so, you know, I was working for this company and I thought uh, maybe in a few years I'll be the first one uh, to introduce uh, this concept. And sure enough, in 2001, I opened my first location in uh, on Division Street in Wicker Park. And it's been uh, almost 19 years. 19 years. Yeah. 
and we're still there. I still there at least, you know. Um, I changed many employees throughout 19 years. How big is Pizza Metro? Let's give people uh, just a picture of it. It's pretty, it's it's intimate, shall we say. It's, it's a very small place. Uh, like uh, the New York Times uh, in uh, 2005 or 2006, uh, they wrote an article on Pizza Metro uh, calling it uh, a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's a hole. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a closet. But it's it's great. The size was perfect uh, because that's a typical uh, square Roman pizzeria. If mm-hmm. you go to Rome, those pizza places are very small. There is not many seats, barely seats. People usually eat on a counter, or they take uh, you know the the pizza folded in uh, paper and uh, they walk uh, while they're eating their pizza. So the size was really right. Yeah. Only thing I, I didn't think that uh, here you know you had to have all those seats, uh, but you know. We're still in business. We do. We have uh, a pretty decent uh, carry-out and delivery business. And also, I think uh, maybe not the best uh, pizza in the city of Chicago, but I think uh, for sure. Oh, don't be, don't be modest. Yeah, but we are in the, I think, a top ten uh, in pizza in, in in Chicago for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this brings us just to, I guess, if we're talking about the virus, though, with the way. There's probably, what, five seats at a bar in there, and then another, what, five more seats? There, how many uh, seats do you think are in the whole place? We have about 15 stools, you know, because uh, originally the place was an Irish breakfast place. <laughs> so when I opened, I didn't have much money. I had to try to work. We was already in place to, to avoid major constructions. A lot of people actually find it uh, very attractive, the fact that they are sitting across from the cooks. It's very nice. It is, because they can see actually the cooks making their food. They can see that the kitchen is clean the whole time. We are not hiding behind walls. And also the fact that you can interact with the cook while he's cooking for you, uh, a lot of people find it really unique. That's one of my favorite things about going. Many customers told me that. I don't know. How many square feet do you think it is? 700 square feet. 700, 700 square feet. Yeah. Okay. So 700 square feet. The pizza, it's pretty unique in Chicago and sort of unique in the world in a way because it's the Roman style, but I like to say it's, uh, you have a little bit of more of an American flexibility to it and that you allow us to just say whatever we want on each slice we get. Whereas Italy, uh, no offense to Italy, but it's a bit of a, a rigid food culture. You know, you tell somebody you want uh, mushrooms and olives and goat cheese on one slice and they'll go, what? No, we're making this pizza. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, in the very beginning, I was like that too. But then, you know, you listen to the customer and they start to open your eyes and they tell you, listen, this uh, Roman attitude about uh, you eat what I make, it's not going to work here. And so, for example, in the beginning, I didn't have uh, chicken as a topping uh, for the pizza. I didn't offer chicken in the pastas. And then uh, one customer told me something that I found hilarious. And he told me, listen, if the chickens go extinct, Americans will starve. Because chicken is put everywhere, everywhere, in any way you want it, they make it. So at the end, I said, you know what? Maybe he's right. And I start to introduce, you know, the grilled chicken, uh, pesto chicken, barbecue chicken, buffalo chicken. Uh, that's, uh, that's how it is. Also, you know, in Italy, they're very rigid for a reason. 
we use the toppings based on the season. Ah. Like, yeah, when I came, uh, they got strawberry 12 months a year. I, I never see such a thing like it's that. It's amazing, you know? isn't it? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have been in business since 2001. You're kind of an institution in the neighborhood. You know, this is a little context for everybody. This is it's right by where I live. I've lived here for, I don't know, about uh, 13, 14 years in this general area where west of downtown and um but it's only like a 10 minute taxi ride to be where you would be downtown downtown but this is very trendy tons of restaurants tons of bars it wasn't always like that probably wasn't like that when you moved in but still like i mean this is like restaurant heaven just on this street you would agree marco i mean if you wanted to just go to a different restaurant every day of the week for a month you could Division Street is the place, especially now. Not in 2001. In 2001, there was maybe a few coffee house. Uh, there was a Polish deli, Alliance Bakery, because it's been there forever. Yeah. It used to be gangland. Uh, you know, when I first came to Chicago, they told me that uh, Ashland uh, was the border. You will never cross Ashland uh, because if you go west, uh, it was the. It was not a safe place uh, to walk, let's put it. My landlord uh, has a very funny thing that says all the time. He says the same uh, women that used to walk around with those big dogs, today they're pushing a stroller with uh, two kids and the same dog that he got hold. You know, it's just, uh, it was it was not, a lot of people thought I was crazy when I opened on Division in 2001 because yeah. there was nothing going on, literally nothing going on. You yeah, know? but by 2006, 2007, you, oh my you, you knew what was up. Uh, for me, it was actually the second year in business uh, when uh, the building next door, they shut down uh, the laundromat that they had and they brought uh, this glorious uh, company, which I don't spend a penny in there because I don't like their coffee, which is Starbucks, but definitely Starbucks on the corner brought the light, uh, you know, change everything. Uh, all right. That, that brings me to, you know, before we get into all this depressing Corona crap, Everybody, I'm announcing to the world, best coffee in Chicago, Pizza Metro, by far. Best espresso, maybe not the best pizza, I'm the top 10, but number one espresso in Chicago, Pizza Metro. Absolutely. No, I don't know how you do it, but after having lived in Italy, I know, and it's it's just... I'll tell you a funny story. I made my first espresso and cappuccino at the age of uh, 13, so... My parents didn't have much money. And so when I was going to school, you know, I make a lot of pastry in the restaurant. The reason why Pizza Metro makes his own pastry is because I love sweets. I love pastry. So when I was going to school, uh, the guy that ran the bar of the school, he noticed that I was always uh, close to the counter, but I would not purchase nothing. And one day he asked me, why you never buy nothing? I said, because I don't have no money. But I will eat everything if you give it to me. And so he told me, I'm going I'm, I'm to make an offer. He put me, I will come to school half hour before everybody. I will go behind the counter and I start to serve the croissant, uh, you know, the donuts uh, to the teachers and to the students that I could afford it, obviously. And then the next step, he says, now I'm going to teach you how to run the espresso machine. Wow. Which is like yeah. holy if you're in Rome. Yes, it, it, it is like the holy grail for us. And 
from there, you know, I got this thing, you know, I know how to do the salt of the machine. I know how to clean it. You got to change the thickness of the coffee because it's very sensitive, uh, like also the, the pizza, no? To the humidity. You know, depends on the percentage of the humidity, the coffee can you has to be grinded in a different thickness. And we follow all of this. But I've been doing it for so many years that for me is normal. Most of the places, some days you go, you get an espresso and it gets that thick cream on top. Then the humidity change and they don't change the thickness of the coffee. And then you go two days later and the coffee is completely watered. And they think it's the guy behind the machine. No, it's the guy behind the machine that doesn't have the knowledge. The machine is the same. It's just you got to change the setting on the grinder based on the humidity. Interesting. Why is your coffee so much better than the, the other coffee in Chicago? Is it because of your coffee machine that you've brought, the actual coffee you use from Italy? You know, the people who use it, okay, they, they I'm sure they can hold their own making coffee, but it's not like they're, you know, experienced baristas for a decade or anything, you know. <laughs> What, why is yours better? Or can you not tell us? For, no, no, no. It's first <laughs> of all, because uh, I'm telling you, it's uh, changing uh, the settings on the grinder. And then uh, also I buy an imported uh, coffee from Italy. I use a uh, roast, uh, Italian roast coffee. Uh, it's called, uh, the brand is called Cafe S. Before it used to be called Segafredo. And then the partners, they split. And one guy got to keep the Segafredo, which is huge in Italy. And uh, the other partner opened his line. Uh, was is called Cafe S. That over, I mean, now I've been using this coffee for 19 years since I opened. They are very successful also in Italy. You know, the company grew a lot there too. Yeah, yeah. But it's the beans. The beans makes uh, really, it's uh, the second uh, thing that makes the coffee amazing. So the reason why the other coffee tastes well, it's the beans, but it's also, you know, it's, it's just more intense. Is it because you make it stretto? You make it, like, with a very small amount of water? Yeah. So, we, rem we make uh, the cafe, the espresso has to be, uh, it's got to reach a level inside of the cup. Here in America, uh, they keep uh, their water running. That's why you get these espressos that are watery. They're, they don't even look good when they, when they serve it to you. You already know that something is weird. Now... There is one thing, when you get an espresso, there is this very thick cream that lays on top. And when you put a spoon of, of sugar inside, if the sugar stands and takes, uh, I think, uh, something like six seconds to go down, then you know that the espresso is really made the way that it should. Really? Yes, we call that the island. You know, it's the sinking island because you put the, the spoon of uh, uh, sugar on it and then you see that the island basically the sugar is start to suck in into the cream and it goes down and is uh that's when the sugar takes a longer time to go down the espresso cannot be wrong really so that's yeah. that's how you know if it's watery or not six, that's correct six seconds before the sugar falls yes so the less thick is the cream the faster the co the sugar uh, sinks into the bottom of the cup Looking for a screw machine, rotary transfer machine, or CNC machine? Graf Pinkert's got you covered. When you're buying any used machine, you're taking a risk. So it's important to buy from someone who knows their stuff and who is going to give you straight information about what you're buying. Graf Pinkert is a family-owned firm that's been dedicated to selling great machine tools to the turn parts industry for 75 years. 
It specializes in the top multi-spindle brands, including Index, Schutte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.graphpinker.com. That's www.graffpinkert.com. So, come, what was it, beginning of March, end of February, when did the ball drop? Uh, for me, was uh, what I did, I closed the store for the whole month of April. When did everything go to shelter in place? I can't even remember. It was the 27th of March. Okay. Two weeks after they closed the school, things started to get a little bit more, you know, panicking and fear. Uh, you know, those politicians, uh, those uh, media channels, uh, they play a big role in the minds of people, uh, which is also fair, you know, and right, because, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on. And um, I remember uh, it was a Monday morning. Uh, I think it was March 27th. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about the date. So I came to open the store and I noticed that the street was empty. And then one thing that struck me was the Starbucks next door to me was closed. Those big corporations do not shut down. You know, there is nothing that makes them shut down. So I thought, oh man, if Starbucks is closing down, maybe I should definitely give it a toss. So what I didn't take me much, 15 minutes, I made that group text uh, for my employee and say, you know what, we stay home. I want to be safe. I want to make sure your families are safe. And we got to figure out what was going on uh, before we're going to reopen the store. For me, work in a different way because after 19 years of working almost every day, man, the first 10 years, there was no vacation for my family and not because I didn't have the money to do it, but it's because this business absorbs your life. You know, it, it becomes, uh, you know, I'm very, I spend more time in my business than I do I spend at home. Uh, maybe my kids are happy too about it. I'm, you know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I knew, I knew the pizza would thrive. Uh, pizza business is good in good economy. I told you, you know, we were having a, a conversation about that before. Uh, in good economy, pizza business is good. In bad economy, is even better because it's a cheap food. You can uh, really satisfy the appetite of an entire family keeping it on a very low budget. And so that's why I was not scared that this coronavirus will affect dramatically my business. People have got to eat. You know, there is no way. And we are in America. Not a lot of people can cook. So you you closed the restaurant for, for what, a month? For a month. And it wasn't, I told you, it was not because the business was going to be bad. It's just because I needed a break. Because <laughs> even if I go on vacation, the employee will call you with any problem that they have uh, from, uh, you know, a pipe that burst or an oven doesn't work and the fryer and uh, the guy doesn't show up at work. But this time there was no phone call. I had a blast. I had an entire month full time, full immersion with my family. So it was the first, your first vacation in 19 years. In 90, a real vacation, the first real vacation, you know, when your, your thoughts don't go to your business, then you know you are in vacation. So you took a break and then why did you, why did you start back up? Because you needed, you needed to get the cash flowing. You were bored. Oh, it's my employee because my employees start to call me and say that they were running out of money. And so, you know, the, the rents were due, their phone bills, the refrigerator needed to be stuck. 
uh, some of them were going crazy to stay home, uh, you know. And so I said, okay, you know what? Let's do this. I told them at the end of the month we reopen. You know, we're gonna go full scale. Um, I had to reduce the hours, as you know. Uh, you came to my store many times past me. Then at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. That um, is another are- great thing about Pizza Metro. It's no, in in normal times, what's it open till four o'clock? Three o'clock. We used to be, then I, I took it to three o'clock in the morning. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful thing. But because all those bars uh, that they open on the streets, you know, like, like we say, when at two o'clock uh, the bar closed, the zombie are coming. Because when you're drunk, you want to eat. And pizza is the perfect food uh, <laughs> if you really had a, a long night of drinking, uh, you know. So now you decided to decrease the hours. What are the hours now? Uh, from 11 to 11, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And the reason is because there is no more gathering. There is no parking in the houses. So this late night business uh, is not going to happen uh, for a while, I guess. Yeah. It's it's very intense because uh, the business is concentrated. You know, you, you get uh, this crazy rush for lunch and then you get this crazy rush for dinner and then it dies completely. So basically... Literally, instead to stay open until 11 p.m., I could stay open until 9.30 or 9 o'clock. And the other two hours, there is no orders. Maybe we get two, three orders in two hours, you know. I knew that thing, a situation like this can happen, you know, in our lifetime from a recession during the economy. Now, this virus, I was not, I never thought of something like that, uh, I will witness. But... It happened. You got to just uh, try to reshape your business. You know, some people, unfortunately, are not going to be able to do that because of the way that their business was structured uh, from the very beginning. Uh, some of them are going to close down for good. But I believe that there are going to be new ideas coming up and new business are going to open. Uh, I'm not talking about the food industry. Uh, people are going to come up with a crazy idea that uh, will just definitely work. You know, are going to be attractive. It's going to be a new thing and uh, people are going to support them. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Fortunately for you, you're not having to alter your business that much, it seems like. But you're, you know, you're part of the whole restaurant community in Chicago. So what are you seeing? What are people doing? What are people, what should they be doing? And what do you think is going to happen? So what I want to tell the people is this. If you have a favorite restaurant or a favorite spot that you go, you should definitely contact these places directly. I say do not use the apps, DoorDash, Uber. Those just help another CEO to buy a great uh, mansion in Hawaii or send uh, his own kids uh, to the best uh, colleges available or... Instead, uh, when you call a business direct, uh, the owner of the restaurant or fast food or whatever business you are dealing with are supporting uh, the families of his own employee, his own family, his own kids. And uh, there is not a 30% cut that has to pay out to people like DoorDash. Unfortunately, there's a lot of pizza places now, even pizza places, where they don't have delivery people. So... You have to order from the app. They make you. I know. They don't have this because those apps uh, took uh, this business away. Who's going to survive and who's not going to survive? And you, you were giving me some interesting predictions the other day. So what I think is going to happen is uh, because for now it's all based on uh, lunch and dinner, let's say. You know, most of the restaurants are open lunch and dinner. I don't even want to think about the breakfast time. 
who's going to really do good is the people that are going to use the social media as an exposure. You know, they're going to put up videos with new food that they're making. Uh, I, I show you, I sent you a couple of videos. Um, I was doing uh, some new experiments. Uh, they're coming out right. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be ready to go very soon. And that is going to be as soon as the offices are going to reopen, because having a Starbucks next door and see a line of people there, I'm going to bring uh, for the whole month uh, to everybody that is standing outside that those free, uh, I don't want to say what it is, because otherwise people are going to start to get ideas uh, and I'm going to give it for free to the people that are standing in front of Starbucks. But can you do that in these times? Have somebody come out and be... Oh, yes. If it's a nice package and sealed, uh, you know, you come with the uniform of Pizza Metro, you know, I'm legit. I come from the next door business. A I lot see. Of people... So you're not going to be passing passing these things out with the tongs and... No, no, no. Not... <laughs> it's not the farmer's market anymore. No, 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 no. It's going to be, it's not going to be in a package. And uh, after they try it, I'll guarantee you Starbucks, a coffee, and then they're going to come out for our new item, a pizza metro. And I want to start at six o'clock in the morning. So I want to really hit the people that start to go to work, you know, that they get their coffee to go and then uh, they're going to get our stuff uh, together. Okay. What I think is going to be really based on social media, um, you will see a lot, a lot of restaurants are going to have uh, multiple uh, Instagram, uh, they're going to publish videos and things. That's how I think people are going to really make the restaurant thrive. Also, I think a lot of people are going to close. So there is going to be less competition on the streets. Yeah. Big restaurants uh, are, I don't know, de- depends how the people are going to play with the fear that they have about this coronavirus. Uh, we got to see the new guidelines that the city is going to put uh, for uh, the restaurants. The numbers will not add up to stay in business. If you have uh, 100 seats in the house and they slash uh, to down to 30 seats, believe me, the landlord is not going to come to you and give you uh, 30% or 40% or 50% off on your rent because the bank doesn't give him a 40% or 50% discount on his mortgage. Yeah. You know, uh, some people are going to be forced to go out of business. I just heard that, that there is a bar that I think is in the 2100 block of Division Street that opened up about eight months ago when uh, the governor extended the stay home until the 31st of May. They put a sign outside that says we will not reopen because we don't have enough uh, money to keep paying, uh, you know, the fixed expenses, including the rent. And the landlord is not giving us a break. You know, you can decide to do not pay the rent. But as soon as the courts are going to reopen, they're going to try to do an eviction. So basically, you what are you going to gain? Nothing. That's what is scary. A lot of people are going to be losing uh, jobs and businesses, definitely. Also, I think uh, we're going to face a very bad economy in the future months. And even if America usually gets affected less than the rest of the world, we live in America. So some people are going to be definitely affected by this recession. Look at the unemployment uh, rate right now. It's scary. It's scary, you know. You were talking about the employees before, how you were maybe worried more about the employees than the people. Yeah, explain that. So how I see it is uh, most of the people that works, especially in the kitchen, I, I talk in the kitchen because our dining room, there is no dining room at Pizza Metro. Even the cook can take your order. I don't need a waiter. I don't need a bus boy to clean uh, after you finish to eat because the guy is across the street from across from you. He can remove the dish or he can just serve it to you. What I'm worried about is this. Most of the people that works in the kitchen, they probably don't make uh, those big uh, money. They, can, uh, they don't have a car. So they got to rely on public transportation. 
and uh, on public transportation, people are going to get infected 100% by the virus. So they're going to come to work. They don't know they are infected. They're going to come to work a few days before the symptoms are going to show. And uh, sure enough, maybe by the time they show symptoms, somebody else is got infected. And that's when a lot of restaurants are going to start to close. But every business, not a lot of restaurants, anybody that's got employed that use public transportation are definitely at risk. I think uh, I heard that, that uh, for example, Target closed. I, I have one, one of my employees, for example. We were opening on Monday, the 27th of April. And on Sunday night, he called me and he says, listen, uh, my wife uh, works at Target. There were three people tested positive. They shut down their location. And now everybody that works uh, there has been quarantined. Mamma mia. He called me and he said that the wife had the coronavirus. Now, they are young people. They sell it through without no problems. But that means if she got it, he got it. And so now he cannot come back to work for a month because it takes a month before everything is done in your body. And that's what I'm going to see. There's going to be businesses that are going to reopen. And sure enough, if somebody on their staff gets infected, they are going to be forced to close. You cannot risk to spread this through your business to your customers. Because the customer, when they order from you, they, they hope and they want to believe that you're taking all the safe measure for them to get safe food into their homes. Because those people probably have older people living in their house with underlying conditions, no young kids. And you will see a lot of people are going to reopen and they're going to be forced to close. And also I think those are the guidelines. If you have an infected person, you have to notify the city. But you had an infected person, right? I had a, a guy that called me before and he told me that he will not come to work because of his wife. Okay, so you didn't have anybody that was at work that got infected and you had to send home? No. Yesterday was a scary day. Uh, we received a phone call from one of my cooks, and he tells me of the sudden uh, that uh, he's, he's, he's in great pain. Uh, he, he cannot come to work. Um, now you have to understand, employees are, are afraid to lose their jobs. So they're not going to tell you the truth. <laughs> Some might, but some will not because they have people depending on the job for getting the refrigerator with food. Sure. So obviously this guy, first thing he tells me, this is not a coronavirus. And I'm thinking, you work in the kitchen, you're not a doctor. How do you know? But then, thank God, this cousin last night sent me a message. He said, we are in the hospital. You know, he's got to go in surgery. He had an appendix attack. Ugh. In that moment, you know, I felt like a, like a million dollars. <sighs> Thank God. But I know that there is already been business. Look at those uh, meat packing company, you know, like Tyson. They got uh, the people infected and then they had to shut down. It's you have to. You have to for the safety of your own employee and for the safety of your clients, you know, your customers, because they are the ones that support your business. So you must do it. You know, you're going to lose money. So what would you do if he had it? What would you do? What would be your next course of action? I will shut down. I will shut down the business. I, you have to. For how long? At least uh, two weeks uh, to be in the clear for everybody. Wow. So if you're a huge place, you're, it's more likely to happen and it's going to be a bigger deal to shut down. That, exactly. And think about after you've been so long without being open, now you reopen and all of a sudden someone gets infected. Now you got to shut down again. That is going to hurt your wallet. That is going to hurt your business. You know, now they give those loans uh, for the employee for eight weeks. But I'm wondering what happens uh, if you get the loan 
you start to reopen, you start to pay your employee, everybody's happy, and then somebody gets infected. It doesn't matter if the government gives you money. You got to shut down your business, period. And then I don't even know. What does it cost to, to call a company to disinfect your entire store? I don't know, because right now those people are going to jack the price to the stars. That's what I'm going to say. Know? That's probably one of those good businesses you're talking about. <laughs> They're going to thrive. This is their time to thrive, believe me. And even if you don't say nothing uh, or you're trying to hide one of your guys that got infected, I mean, one fell sick, two are going to fell sick, three are going to fell sick. You know, how long you want to stay open? I mean, me personally, is somebody in my store gets uh, infected, I will be so scared for my family. And for you. And for myself. You know, but unfortunately, you know, you are in the in this business, so you got to deal with that. But I will shut down the business. I will definitely shut down the business. For two weeks. For two weeks until, you know, everybody's on the clear. And then what about if uh, during these uh, two weeks, you get phone calls from two or three employees that are sick too? Now, think about it. Those people get sick. Two weeks is to figure it out if you have it. But then it takes another two weeks to get, to rid get of it. out of the system. So now it's a month. Okay, you reopen. And this virus didn't go away. Another guy gets an L train, gets in the bus, and he gets it again. For how many times can you keep opening and shutting down? I'm afraid. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm Italian. Uh, our country got hit the worst uh, by. That was what I was going to ask. I mean, you, you must know some restaurant owners over there. So. Well, that's exactly what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for them to give the the final uh, guidelines because I really believe that America will follow the guideline most most of the guidelines that they're going to apply in Europe because they are reopening right now, and so America will look what they do. In, and will apply. You really think that America does that these days? That we actually care what other people are doing? <laughs> uh, but it depends. <laughs> I will. I will. I'm not a politician. I, I, I mean, for me, it's important my business. I love what I do. I mean, I've been doing this since I'm 14 years old. So I don't know how to do anything else. Are, are the Italian restaurants opening up? Yes. Yes. The bars. Now they started with the bars, you know, for the espresso and cappuccino. But it's crazy. I saw just this morning this video, uh, the first bar that opened in this town. It was, you know, the people go to get espresso at six o'clock in the morning. Like you see a line outside of Starbucks, we do the same for the espresso in the morning. Yeah. You can only allow one client at a time and you got to keep a distance from you and the customer or two meters. So when the customer reaches at the counter for the espresso, the guy that made your espresso has got to walk away. And then when the guy finishes to drink espresso, he's going to pay. Now, this customer has got to step back those two meters again. Oh my God. The guy's got to reach for the money. Grab The guy was saying he's going to be crazy. But for as crazy as it sounds, first safety. But also you got to understand, it's the new normal. This is going to be the new normal until we figure out how to solve this problem. And I think uh, the restaurant owner or the bar owners and the customer are going to just go find with the new guidelines. There is no other way around, you know. But I mean, these uh, restaurants that are in Italy that have been in open for 50 years, 100 years, what? I mean, they can't just close. <laughs> well, eventually they will. Eventually they will, you know. Uh, in I mean, it, it's all based on your uh, fixed uh, expenses. You know, if your rent is very high and they slash the capacity of your place, 
yeah, the numbers are not going to add up, you know, it's unless you're going to charge a fortune for your food, but then, you know, what happens? People are going to shop somewhere else. Well, thank you so much, Marco. It was You're very welcome, Noah. It was a it was, pleasure. It always. was really fun as always. Yeah, I just I wish you the best in all of this craziness. I wish the best to all the restaurant there. All yeah. the people in the hospitality industry. You know, we got to be strong. We're going to come out and we're going to come out stronger than before. From today's machining world, this is a Swarfcast production. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to see extended video interviews and join our mailing list. I'm Noah Graff. Our audio engineer is Bill Steffi. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information on todaysmachiningworld.com.